Well, welcome once again to Milton Bible Church Online. It is great to be together, even in the midst of a lockdown. It is great uh, for us to gather online to see one another. I hope you're making comments and the little uh, thing on the side and saying hello to each other and uh, just make this as much of a relational time as we can. It's just good to be together, even if it's virtually. Uh, before we begin, I just wanna thank you for all those who came and prayed on Wednesday night on our Zoom prayer meeting. It was a great night. We are asking God to do lots of things this year. We're asking God for more elders. We're asking God for additional staff. We're asking God for new outreach initiatives to reach our neighbors and to reach the nations. And so I believe this is gonna be a great year, the best year ever for Milton Bible Church. And we're praying that it is the best year yet for you as well. Um, we've been doing actually a study on prayer. And uh, today we were doing a study on prayer, or we, last week we did a study on prayer, and today we're gonna talk about fasting. We're, ta we're talking these weeks about prayer and fasting, making room for God's presence. And as we practice the spiritual disciplines, we invite the presence of God into our lives, and that changes everything. That's how we have a great year in 2021. So let's talk about fasting today. Um, I hope you have your coffee cup and your muffin in your hand um, because you're not gonna have lunch after this. Uh, just joking. All right, listen, last week we launched about uh, prayer. This week we're talking about fasting. Next week we're gonna talk about prayer and fasting, making room for the presence of God. Let me just invite you to get involved in prayer at Milton Bible Church in one of two ways. Uh, first of all, you can join our online prayer team. And what happens in our online prayer team is people submit prayer requests. And what you can do, if you have a prayer request, if you have something on your heart or something happens in your life, you can submit that. Now, you've got to dig a little bit for it. If you go onto miltonbiblechurch.ca and you hit the connect button at the top, it will take you to a page called um, mbc.life. And on that mbc.life, there's a card that says prayer. If you hit on that prayer card, it'll ask you what your prayer request is. Now, what that happens with that prayer request, once you write that in, that gets sent to our prayer team confidentially, where individuals from all over our congregation will pray for you. And so we want you to take advantage of that. We want to be praying for you during these days. The other thing is this, if you would like to join our prayer team, our online prayer team, and be one of those people who receives prayer requests and praise, go ahead and do that as well. Hit the connect button on miltonbiblechurch.ca, go to the prayer card, hit the, the prayer card, and then just say, hey, I'd love to join uh, the prayer team, the online prayer team. And what happens regularly, we receive prayer requests. We have seen answered prayer. We have seen God work. And uh, there are great needs out there. So we wanna be praying for one another. We wanna be praying for those in our community. So get involved, one of those two ways. Submit a prayer request, jump in on the team, and be part of the team. We need that team to grow. And it's great to be praying for one another. So today, we're talking about fasting. Fasting. I wanna uh, uh, tell you about two different kinds of hunger pains. I read this week about two different kinds of hunger pains. One is called homeostatic hunger pains. And that's where your body says to you, 
I need food. I need energy. I need nutrients. It's actually a very healthy thing when your body speaks to you that way, and it basically says, feed me. The other kind of hunger pain that I read about was called hedonic, hedonic hunger pain. And that's where you hear the word hedonism in there, you know, and that's basically uh, the hunger pains that come, you know, when, let's say, for instance, you've just had a big Christmas dinner. You're full, but you decide you, decide you got to top it off. So you have a choice. Do I go with pumpkin pie or do I go with apple pie? And you say to yourself, well, maybe just a slice of both. And with those things, you have to have ice cream on one and whipping cream on the other. Do you say to yourself, okay, I need that. And so you eat that and you're full, but then you got to sit down and you got to watch the football game. Well, what goes with football? Popcorn, peanuts, um, pop, uh, chips, pizza, and you just continue to eat because that's a part of the ritual of watching the football game. And what happens with hedonic hunger pain is you know that, that thing you're eating out of a bag of chips and your hand just keeps being driven into that bag of chips until that bag of chips is completely empty. What's up with that? Well, it's a thing called a hedonic hunger pain where you're still full, but your body says, give me more, give me more, give me more. All right, and for whatever reason, we keep eating. Do you know what? We know when we're physically full, don't we? We know when we're physically full. But how do we know when we're full spiritually? How do we know when we're full spiritually? Or let me put it this way. How do you know when you're spiritually starving? How do you know when you're spiritually starving? You know, when your heart cries out, God, I don't sense you close to me. God, I don't, I, I, I can't sense your presence. I, I pray and I, and, I, and I just, and I don't, I, I don't sense that you're near me in any way. And you're hungry and God seems so far away and you want God to draw near. When those spiritual hunger pains come, what do you do? Well, you can do one of two things. You can ignore those hunger pains or you can address them. You can ignore them or you can address them. And the way you address them is by reading your Bible more to get closer to God, praying more to get closer to God, or fasting, fasting. So today let's talk about fasting. We're gonna define fasting this way. The definition that I'd like to use for fasting today is this, is abstaining from something, typically food, for a determined period of time to weaken the flesh while strengthening the spirit. Let me read it one more time. Abstaining from something, typically food, and most of the time in the Bible it was food, for a, per for a determined period of time to weaken the flesh while strengthening the spirit. Some of you may want to join me today in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Take your Bible or maybe look it up on your device. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be looking at some scriptures where Jesus teaches on fasting. Such an important teaching. And, uh, and, and it comes out of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus primarily is speaking to Jewish people here. And if you can imagine the Sermon on the Mount, I've never been to Israel but uh, Jesus 
is on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. He's on the top of a hill. There's a flat part of the hill that is covered with grass, and there the people would sit. To the south would be the Sea of Galilee, an absolutely spectacular scene, I understand. Love to go there one day. And, and, and this is where Jesus teaches uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And many people feel that this is the greatest sermon that was ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, taught by Jesus. And I think the key to understanding the Sermon on the Mount is found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, you might want to go to that in your Bible and just kind of circle it and just write something beside it, key to understanding Sermon on the Mount. Write that in there. Keep in mind, at that time, Jesus is preaching for a particular reason. And Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 20, kind of unlocks why he said what he said. Keep in mind that there were Pharisees listening, they were religious leaders, they had a lot of rules, and their religion was really external. They fasted a couple of week, a couple of days a week. They gave to the poor. They prayed many times a day. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, this is what Jesus says. He says, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of these scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Now, if you're a Pharisee and you're listening to that, you're saying, what? Unless your righteousness exceeds the Pharisees? Listen, I fast two days a week, Mondays and Thursdays. I give faithfully, generously to the poor. I pray several times a day. What more, Jesus, do you want me to do to be a part of the kingdom of God or to enter into the kingdom of God? I mean, what more do I have to do? Do I have to give more? Do I have to fast three days a week? Like, what is it that you're talking about that the righteousness has to exceed? Well, in Matthew chapter 6, God says, this is what I want from you. What I want from you is a righteousness that comes from the heart. A righteousness that comes from the heart. It's not about external activities. It's not about theatrical performances. It's not about doing things so that other people can see them. What it is about, it's about the heart. Righteousness comes from within. And it can't be an outward performance. And so Jesus is sharing here, and it's beautiful because who would ever think that our spiritual hunger could be addressed by physical fasting, by fasting from food? Who would have ever thought that? And yet it does. Our spiritual hunger can be met through physical fasting. So today we're going to look at three simple principles that help us to live a life in balance with Christ. And the first thing that we're going to learn is that we must fast relationally, not religiously. That we must fast relationally, not religiously. Verses 1 and verse 16. Verse 1 says this. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Now Jesus talks about practicing righteousness. Now what's he talking about? He talks about righteous living, righteous deeds. He's talking about giving. He's talking about serving. He's talking about, you know, um, uh, fasting. He's talking about all these things. 
And uh, you say, well, how do I do that so that no one else can see it? You know, don't, you know, let anybody see it is what Jesus says. But that's really not what he says. What he's saying is in order to be seen by men. In other words, he's talking about motive. He's talking about motive. He's saying, don't do these things, these religious activities, in order that your motive is to be seen by others. That's what Jesus is saying. And then he says in verse 16, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven, but the reward that we have is only from men. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces and their fasting, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. In other words, he's saying, don't have your motives for your righteousness to be so that you can be seen by other people. For example, if I would say to you, hey, are you hungry? Do you wanna go for lunch? And you say, yeah, man, I'm starving. So I say, yeah, because I'm so generous, I say, um, hey, where do you wanna go? You're, uh, you name the place, my treat. And you say, hey, I wanna go to Swiss Chalet. You know, I haven't had Swiss Chalet French fries in ages. So yeah, I wanna give, give it a shot. So I say, great, let's go. We go over to Swiss Chalet, we sit down, we look at the menus, and you make a decision, quarter chicken dinner, uh, white meat, because you want to be super healthy, and, but with French fries and nice with chili gravy. And uh, we talk about, you know, the dessert. Well, you want the double chocolate, you know, thing with piles of ice cream on it. Great, absolutely, let's do it. Um, waitress comes up, says, okay, you guys ready to order? Absolutely. My guest, he orders first. I say, hey, this guy's all ready, let's, let's order. Waitress says to me, okay, what would you like? And I'd say, well, just a glass of water, please, with no lemon. Um, you see, I'm fasting today. I'm fasting in order to get to know God better. And what is the other guy gonna say? Other than being embarrassed, he might say, wow, Jim, you're super spiritual. You're fasting today, even though you're hungry. You said you were hungry, you're starving but yet you're gonna give that up in order to know God better. That is absolutely amazing. And you know what Jesus says is, congratulations, you've got your reward. You've been recognized by men, you've been seen by men, you've got the applause of men, and congratulations, you've got everything you're gonna get out of this. You're gonna get nothing from the Father. The Father isn't gonna even know about this, not even gonna recognize this. Let me ask you something. How long does the applause of men last? Can you say the words nanosecond? Nanosecond? The applause of men, the recognition of men, lasts absolutely no time at all. And what Jesus is saying, if that's the reason you're doing it, understand this. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. But if you want to exchange that for something that you could have that would be the reward of God, well, then it is worth it. You know, when I look at the Old Testament, people fasted a lot. 
in the Jewish community which Jesus was speaking in Matthew chapter 6, they understood fasting because every year on the Day of Atonement, it was required that the nation fasted, that the nation fasted. None of them were required to fast on any other day than the Day of Atonement, but oftentimes people would fast. And there were basically three kinds of fasts in the Old Testament. There was, first of all, what you could call a confessional fast. And that is to recognize that they were deep in sin and that they needed desperately something major to happen. And it was like a spiritual detox in order to get their relationship right with God again, in order to reconnect with the Father. And you would find that kind of fasting, say, in the book of Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah, you would also find it in the book of Jonah. Say in the third chapter of the book of Jonah, where Jonah goes to Nineveh and he, re and, and he, t he preaches, you know, repent or God will destroy this city. And the king of the city of Nineveh says, calls for uh, a complete and utter repentance, day of repentance. So they put on sackcloth, they cover themselves with ashes, and they cry out to God to forgive their sin. That's a confessional uh, repentance. That's a confessional fasting that, that happens in the Old Testament. Second one I would classify is a petitioning fast. And that's when you're so burdened about something, it may be a lost loved one, it might be a marriage that's in trouble or struggling a bit, it may be a child that's making some bad decisions, but it's a petitioning fast. It's a fast where something so deep, so important, so monumental uh, is on your heart and it burdens you so much that you just say, I'm gonna stop eating because frankly, eating means nothing compared to having this situation resolved. An example of that is in the book of Esther, where Queen Esther is the queen uh, uh, where there is a very pagan and immoral king. And the king has decided that he is going to destroy all of the Jewish people in the empire, which is at that time the largest um, empire on earth. And what happens is Esther goes to her friend and Esther says, you know, uh, Esther says, I'm gonna go to the king and I'm gonna ask him to change his mind. So listen, my life is in danger, your life is in danger. So would you pray and would you fast that we would have favor in this area? It's a, this petition, it's a, it's a petition type of fast and it's a legitimate fast, something that we pray about and fast so that God would answer. The third type of fast is what I would call a consecration fast, a consecration fast. It's where a person recognizes my spiritual life is boring and I need to shake things up a bit. Perhaps one of those resolutions that you make is, uh, you know, I'm gonna read the Bible through in a year and we're coming to the end of January, the middle of January, and you say, I've already botched it up. I've already made a mess of it. In fact, my spiritual goals and my goals kind of look the same as last year's goals. They look the same as 2020 goals. They look the same as 2020, 2019 goals. In fact, if truth be told, they kind of look the same as 2018 goals. And what I really need is a time of consecration to God. I really need to shake things up. And so you fast and you come before God and you seek to get reconnected to God and find his priorities 
for our lives. That's a consecration type of fast. But those fasts, whatever we do, have to be done to connect with the Father. That's the purpose of the fast, is to connect with the Father, uh, to, to make room for the presence of God in our lives, to make room to connect relationally with the Father in heaven, not a theatrical performance. Because what would happen is these Pharisees, they would draw attention to themselves. It says they would disfigure their faces. They would pull their cheeks in a bit. They would slouch a little. They would look a little tired. And some would say, are you feeling okay? Oh, it's okay. Yeah, I, I, can, I can preach through this sermon. I'm just fasting in order to reconnect with God and, 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 and to enjoy a relationship with God. But don't, 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 don't worry. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. That's what was happening. When we become more concerned about outside than we are about inside, then we're just one step away of what the Bible calls becoming a hypocrite. A hypocrite. And the most important part of my life is the part where only God can see. And that's why Jesus addresses it here. And he says it in terms of motive. What did you do in order to be seen by men? So first of all, fasting relationally, not religiously. It's not a theatrical performance. Second thing we learn is our fasting needs to be done secretly. It needs to be done secretly. Verse 18, let me read it to you. It says, uh, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in heaven. In other words, the day you fast, if you shower, still take a shower. Guys, if you shave, you still shave. Ladies, if you put makeup on, usually every day, then put makeup on the day that you fast. So as not to draw attention to yourselves. And the purpose of a fast is not to draw attention to ourselves, but it's to draw closer to God. And so... Jesus says, fast secretly, fast secretly. And by the way, this is not easy to do. If you're living in a home situation and perhaps you know, you're gonna skip some meals, um, it's very difficult to the other people who live in the house with you uh, not to notice that you are not you know, gonna be eating. That's not the point. The point is that your motive is not to be seen by other people. So what you would normally do any other day, so you don't want to draw attention to yourself, do it secretly. Do it secretly. The truth is that Jesus fasted, and we know that. We read about that in the scriptures. Regularly, he fasted. In fact, we know that before he started his ministry, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And why did he do that? In order to connect powerfully with the Father. And the scripture says that when he came out of the desert, he came out of the desert filled with the Holy Spirit, ready to face everything that was about to come his way. He did it to draw close to the Father, connect deeply with the Father, and move forward in the things the Father had on his heart. So do it secretly. Third thing I want you to know, and finally, is that we need to fast expectantly expectantly. This is really important. Let me read verse 18. But when you fast, anoint your head with oil, wash your face so that your fasting may not be seen by others, 
but by your Father who is in secret. And listen to this, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now that's a huge truth in those simple verses. It's so simple, and it's way beyond fasting. And the truth is this, that your heavenly Father, he knows what's inside of you. He knows what's inside of us. He understands our motives. He knows everything about us. He knows and he sees our motives, and he knows and he sees when we fast, when we pray, when we give, when we serve, when, when we worship, Whatever we sing, he hears our words, but he also sees our hearts. He sees it all. And to me, that can be reassuring or that can be disconcerting, can it? What is it to you? I hope it's reassuring. I hope it's reassuring. Because there are times when I didn't even know how to pray, I didn't know who to pray for, for a particular type of situation. But you know what the Lord says? The Lord says, hey, just listen, Jim, it's okay, I got this. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is in us. And he'll pray those prayers that we can't even come up with the words for. Why? Because God knows everything about me. He knows my thoughts. He knows my sins, my failures, my dreams, my weaknesses, my strengths. He knows it all, and he even knows my motives. And God sees, and he knows everything about us, and he will reward us. And what is the reward from God? I don't think the reward from God is all the gifts that he could possibly give. I don't think, you know, unless God leads you to do, it, to do it, I don't think God fits into the passage and, and really says, you know, where you say, you know, I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray until God gives me that brand new Corvette. You know, I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray and I'm going to give my heart so hard and go after God until the day he gives me that Corvette. I, I don't think that's what this is about. If we're looking at fasting or praying as a way of forcing God's hand, understand this, I think we're misunderstanding it. Or if we're looking for fasting as a way of putting God in a box so that God has to do what we want him to do, because we've been so sincere and we gave up food, we gave up time, you know, I think that's the wrong idea of fasting. I think the reward of fasting starts with the presence of God in our lives. The reward of fasting starts with the presence of God. That which we long for so much that we've chosen to set food aside in order to draw closer to God. God is going to meet us there and our relationship will deepen. And he will teach us things about ourselves that we don't know and he will teach us things about him that we have yet to learn. Do you know, I think there are external consequences for that, but also I think there are present-day results as well for fasting as we draw closer to God and as we pray expectantly. 
You know, in Acts chapter 13, it talks about the church in Antioch as it gathered to pray. It said that they were worshiping. It said that they were praying. It said that they were fasting. And they were gathered together and they were crying out to God. And they were seeking God and they were hungering for God. And that's when God, the presence of God, came. And God spoke and said, set apart for me, Paul and Barnabas, to the work to which I had called them. What work, Lord? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. He just said, set them apart. The word set apart means holy. Set them apart to the work to which I've I've called them. You see, when the church gathered and they fasted and they prayed and they worshiped, God spoke. That's the presence of God. You'll find in that passage also the presence of the prophets. And so often through the prophets that God spoke in the New Testament to the church. And out of that came the greatest missionary journey of all time, where Paul and Barnabas set off on their first missionary journey out of that prayer and fasting meeting where the church gathered together. And it was out of that that Paul began to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, the Gentiles, those who are non-Jewish, of which we are the fruit of that here in Milton and at Milton Bible Church. So many of us who have received Christ as Savior out of that meeting, out of that time of prayer and fasting, where God revealed himself in a phenomenal way, and out of it came this great missionary enterprise to the the Gentiles, of which we're privileged to be a part of that today. Now, I want you to understand, listen up. You can pray without fasting, but you can't fast without praying. You can, you can pray without fasting, but you can't fast without praying. Do you know what it means when you fast without prayer? Do you know what that's called? It's called a diet. It's called a diet. And it has nothing to do with a spiritual um, a, a activity. But to fast and to pray for the purpose of coming closer to God, well, that's something special. And when we gave the definition earlier, it says to put away something, normally food, in order to get closer to God. Now, you'll find that in the Bible, it's food. It's food. So just as, I just want to wrap this up. And as we wrap this up, I want you to consider fasting. I want you to consider trying it if you've never tried it. It's nowhere commanded in the Bible for the church to fast. it's not commanded. And you can argue and say, Jim, it's not commanded in the Bible, so I don't need to do it. Um, And you know what? You would be right. But there is an argument that Jesus expected us to fast. In fact, in this passage, he says, and when you fast, do this. So there was an expectation uh, that expectation by Jesus that his followers would fast as part of their relationship with him but it's nowhere commanded. So I can't say to you today, thus saith the Lord, go and fast. All right, it's an individual decision that every one of us will have to make if we choose to do it. But let me encourage you that if you're fasting from food to start slowly, you might wanna check with your doctor, you might wanna make sure that there are no medical issues. But if you're doing this for the first time, this is what I would recommend. I would recommend begin with a 24 hour fast and start at about 1 p.m. So eat lunch, 1 p.m., begin your fast, and then eat again the next day at 1 p.m. And fill that other time 
with prayer and study and and, in a a sense of drawing near to God in whatever way that might be. For some, it might not be that food is the issue, but maybe there are other things that are distracting you in your relationship with God as we begin this new year. It may be good to give some of that up for a while. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's social media. How about giving up social media for a day or two or three or four days or maybe even a week? so that you can connect with God in a meaningful and powerful way. Let me encourage you to consider that. Perhaps you're struggling with a particular sin and you've confessed that sin a thousand times and you've gone to God a thousand and one times and it's just become an act of shame and you're burdened with this guilt and you're burdened with this, this, this horrible thing. How about a fast? How about doing something radical to break that so that to, to break that, 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 that habit, to break that um, rhythm so that God can come into that situation and do something radical? How about that? Or maybe you said, or maybe you have a prayer request that's so heavy and you just weep and you worry you may want to consider fasting you may want to consider spending time with god so as to give that burden to god and come close to god in that and to give it to him and to give him all of your heart in this great burden that you're carrying and and learn to give it to the lord or maybe you said every january you know what Every year I make a New Year's resolution to read the Bible through in one year. And now it's the middle of January and already it's been a disaster. It's been a failure. And and maybe you just need to shake things up. Maybe you want to shake things up, break things up, and, and, and say, you know what, my life is spiritually boring and it's spiritual humdrum and I need to shake things up in my relationship with God. So consider a fast. Consider a fast. That's between you and God. He will show you what he desires to show you. But understand this, the most important thing is to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's where it begins. You can fast 40 days and 40 nights. You can uh, spend a day a week, two days a week, three days a week, do what they call intermittent fasting. That's a new dieting uh, fad right now. Intermittent fasting and and pretend that that's some kind of spiritual activity. But, But understand this, the most important thing is knowing Christ as Savior and through the spiritual disciplines, reconnect with God and come closer to him. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, that's the place to begin. That's the place where you and I need to begin uh, 2021, reconnecting to God in such a way that the presence of God comes. We hear the voice of God. We respond to the word of God. We become obedient to what he has for us. And we make 2021 the best year that we have ever had, both as a church and individually in our lives. So let me encourage you to fast. Let me encourage you to pray. Let me encourage you 
to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Understand this, we are all in this together. We are all in this together. One of the things that breaks my heart is to think that there are people in our church that are out there that are, even as they watch this, they're feeling lonely and they're feeling alone. And I would say to you, you're not alone. Let us pray for you. Let us stir things up with God. Write a prayer request on that prayer card that you see on our internet. Like, like I said, it takes a bit of digging. You got to go up miltonbiblechurch.ca, go to the word connect at the top of the page. Then when the page comes up, scroll down to the prayer card, hit the prayer card, and then give us your prayer request. Don't go through this alone. And also, be a person that jumps in and prays for others and join the prayer team. Come on and be a part of what God is doing, connecting to God. Prayer and fasting, making room for the presence of God in our lives. Let this be the best year that you have ever had by the presence of God, powerfully moving in our hearts and in our lives for his glory and the glory of his name. Let's stir it up, folks. Let's stir it up. Let's get going. Let's be a people of prayer. Let's fast. And let's see God respond in marvelous ways. All right? Prayer, fasting, next week, prayer and fasting together. Are you ready? I'm excited. I love this stuff. God bless you. Have a great week. We look forward to hearing more of all that God is doing. God bless. Amen.